Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We made this. Hello, everybody. I'm Carl Sweeney. And I'm Tony Black. And welcome back to The Discourse. Okay, everybody, Happy New Year. If you are joining us as this episode goes out in early January 2024, welcome back to The Discourse. Mm. We're back. I think it's probably been our longest break, Tony, hasn't it, of not recording new episodes. It hasn't been that long in the grand scheme of things, but we've been pretty regular since we started the show, haven't we? So, yeah, good to be back. It is great to be back. This is my first time recording a podcast in 2024. And as we'll probably talk a bit more about on the Discourse Plus, uh, please do subscribe. We'll tell you how to do that in a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been off uh, in, in beginning my journey into parenting, which is why we took a bit of a break, as you will have heard on some of the earlier episodes. But uh, but yeah, it's it's brilliant to be back. And we've got some really good stuff to talk about straight away, as we would. I mean, I don't know about you, Carl, but the last month or so, there have been so many things that have scrolled by that I've gone, oh, that'd be a great topic. That'd be a great topic. That'd be a great topic. And we just haven't had the time <laughs> to record. So it's great to be back. That's that's how we think these days, isn't it? It it's is. It's like, is this a good topic for discourse? Mm. And when we haven't got that outlet, we're a bit bereft. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> Let me see if I can remember this preamble that we oh, do. Oh, yeah. I'm good not luck. sure I can. So you mentioned the discourse plus. I think that's a good place to start. That's mm-hmm. our bonus tier. We put out a couple of teasers, didn't we, to tide people yeah. over. In our absence, you know, our discussion on the Roman Empire, our discussion on ChatGPT, par- partially written, written by ChatGPT, which a few yep. people got in touch to say they enjoyed. Yeah. So the Discourse Plus is our bonus tier, £4 a month, bonus episodes, early access to our main episodes, and ad-free listening. People can sign up for that via Patreon, via Apple, via Supporting Casts. Is that right, Tony? Have I got the range of options there? That's about it. Yeah. All the details yep. will be in the show notes. Great stuff. So look at the show notes if you want to join us on that on that journey over there. Get to hear about Tony's baby uh, baby journey um, <laughs> in the next bon- in the next bonus episode. Uh, you can also find us on social media. We are on Pod We are at Pod Discourse on X stroke Twitter. We also have a presence on TikTok and on Instagram. Uh, you can email us at contactwithdiscourse at gmail.com if you want to suggest a topic or to send us a voice note or anything like that. And finally, just before we get going properly, uh, if you could rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or on any other app, that would be fantastic. And we're only interested this year in five-star reviews. So if you could just take 30 (laughs) seconds or so to sort that out for us, that would be much, much appreciated. Uh, Okay, Tony, so I think what we thought is that we would kick off the year with a slight look back at 2023 and also a look forward to the year to come. So I think 
let's see what the big picture is from 2023. And I'm interested to get your thoughts. But for me, mm. I think the headline is... I mean, I suppose we're going to start with film because that's what we sort of gravitate towards. Yeah. I think 2023 was another solid year of recovery for the film industry, you know, mm. in the context of the last few years where there's been all the disruption caused by COVID. You know, I was looking at some box office numbers earlier for the UK, which said that for the UK and Ireland, I should say, where box office revenue improved by about 8% over 2022, uh, but it's still about 23% below 23.5% below the 2019 pre-pandemic uh, box office total. So mm. I think that's the the context. It's a period of recovery in a lot of ways. You know, we might have got closer to that old landscape in 2023 had things like the actors and writers strikes not happened and mm. led to things like schedules being rearranged and some big films um, being delayed. And that's going to have a knock-on effect in 2024 as well, I think, that strike period. But I think that's that's where I would start, is that that's the big picture, I think, is that still an industry that's recovering and is not yet back to the levels it was at prior to the pandemic starting. What do you think? I would agree, yeah. I think, I, I also think it's been actually, and I haven't seen everything, granted, but I actually think it's been quite a strong movie year, generally, overall. I think there's been some fantastic films that have come out this year. So yeah. you combine that with a a steady, slow increase, especially when you're fighting against, you know, a whole tide of things, even apart from like, you know, the strikes that really affected everything, but also just the ongoing rise of all the digital platforms, you know, social media platforms, the, the prevalence of TikTok and YouTube and everything like that. And just the fact that, you know, so more, I was reading today about how, you know, on, uh, on linear TV, and this this will affect cinemas and everything like this as well. Advertising and marketing is down on a lot of these things compared to compared to yeah. places like YouTube, etc. Um, you know, and and those are the dominant cultural spaces. In fact, and and I know it's I know children aren't the complete barometer of everything, but <laughs> yesterday I uh, I was talking to one of my tutor groups. Because as it turns out, I'm now ahead of year. I'm not actually a librarian anymore. I'm now ahead ah. of year. Um, so <laughs> I went, I went into Congratulations. One of, thank you. Um, I went into one of my tutor groups and I asked them, I said to them, um, I did a bit a few favourite things, getting to know you. And I said, what's everyone's favourite film? And one lad answered Back to the Future. So I was very impressed with him. But uh, <laughs> and I said, which one? And he went, oh, the second one. I was like, okay, all right, brilliant. Okay, great stuff. But, the, but so many of them didn't really have an answer. And some of it might have been shyness, but... Some of them, there were blank looks on their faces a little bit, which did worry me a little. I won't lie. I was a bit like, <laughs> right, okay. But when I said, "What who's your favourite YouTuber? So many more. Right. You know, their eyes lit up, you know. Or yeah. even, like, who's your favourite singer? You know, I had a recommended singer. I think her name was, what was her name? Natalie Martinez. I've not heard mm. of her, but apparently she's a big deal. Although, you'd be, <laughs> although I'd say this to you, right, because you'll be interested in this. Uh, Taylor Swift, right, very yeah. much divides people. She's a proper right. marmite right now, I think. So is is it that some of them think she's just too commercial and they sort of recoil a bit from that? Is that Maybe. What I didn't dig too deeply, but it was either, oh, she's amazing, or eh. So, <laughs> you know, mm. um, it, that's interesting. But anyway, I'm going off piece. My point being that, you know, um, <laughs> film for that younger generation doesn't seem to be the driving force anymore. So hopefully that won't um, cause further problems down the road. Generally, though, all seems... Like film is doing pretty well. 
I think so. I think you're right to say that there were some real highlights from last year as well. Because I made a bit of a list. I was thinking about posting something on social media at the end of the year of like the films I really liked. And I had no trouble getting up to like 25 odd titles, you know, of films that mm. I thought were really top tier. Um, you know, that I've either seen at the cinema last year or maybe there were streaming releases. But, you know, it seemed like there was a good level of quality there. Some real standout films like Oppenheimer, Killers of the Flower Moon... Uh, Anatomy mm. of a Fall, I thought was fantastic. I really want to see that. Yeah, May, December, Past Lives. You know, there's there's a lot of good stuff mm. released. I think the one I saw right at the end of the year because it just went on movie, but it's a British film called How to Have Sex. Have you seen or heard of that? Oh yeah, I've heard of it. Yeah, yeah, I've heard very good things. It's about mm. a group of young women on like a like a clubbing holiday. You know, it's just it's just very insightful and um, a great watch. You know, so I think there's there's great stuff there from across the globe in 2023. It seemed like a wider variety of films were succeeding, didn't it? And that has to be a good thing. You know, like even mm. going to the cinema just before Christmas, I thought um, there was a decent range of choice this year. It wasn't like last year where Avatar two was out and was huge, but there wasn't much else around. You know, that was appealing to a, a mainstream audience. This year, there were several good options. You know, including things like Wonka. And then we had certain films come out just after Christmas over here, didn't we? Like Ferrari and mm. Anyone But You and Next Goal Wins. It just seemed like there was a bit more out. I think if you go back to the middle of the year, it was quite heartening, wasn't it, to see just how much buzz there was around Barbie and Oppenheimer, yeah. the whole Barbenheimer phenomenon. And I think that what was interesting about that was they were both obviously very successful uh, commercially, and I think a lot of people would say artistically, Whilst also being a bit different, weren't they? A bit, a bit of a departure from the norms of like what a big summer blockbuster is. Mm. So, for me, I think Oppenheimer's success, especially because it's uh, the subject matter and how long it was, and a lot of it was in black and white. I thought that was especially welcome that that film was successful. But do, do you think? Do you agree that it seemed like there was a bit more variety and maybe audiences being a bit more uh, adventurous this year, last year? Yeah, uh, no, I think so. I, I think. Maybe there's a feeling that people are a little bit sick of the rinse and repeat stuff that we've had over the last like five years or so. You know, there's there's de- I mean, we talked about it a few times last year, but there's a definite overarching fatigue for the comic book movie. I think now, unless you're yeah. quite deep nerd, you know, into that stuff, which you know, in which case you just love it. Yeah, and Aquaman two reinforces that, doesn't it? Because that hasn't set the world on fire since we last spoke. Yeah. And you know that that's a perfect example of something that's probably about three years too late, and some in some respects probably for the f- through not its own fault, you know, just through delays and issues that over the last few years, but of something a few years too late off the back of a film that wasn't that great anyway. So it's just a little bit. That's an example of how there's a, le- a lethargic element to what was the big dominant cultural thing, um, and 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 mm. it does feel like audiences are willing to embrace stuff that. You know, it's I wouldn't say Barbie or Oppenheimer are necessarily, you know, a real like left or right turn away from the mainstream. You know, much as they they are unusual mega hit kind of things. Because I was yeah. reading the other day something about how um, somebody was making the point that they they absolutely marketed Barbie brilliantly because they they made it look like this popcorn you know glossy fun kind yeah. of thing and it was actually a real sort of satire you know <laughs> under the under the radar very well done and it was the i think that's a big thing this year the power of marketing and barbenheimer was the great example of how brilliantly if you market a film properly you can you can still get people to come and i think 
in previous years, there's been a little bit of um, uh, taking that for granted, taking audiences a little bit for granted, maybe with some of the yeah. trends. Um, whereas this year, yeah. it feels like they're trying to get you know things out there and broaden that horizon, which has been nice to see. Well, Margot Robbie was talking about this in an interview recently, where she was saying that you know so many trailers these days basically give you the whole movie in two minutes yeah. and. What was interesting about Barbie was I think people going into it didn't really know what the story was that much, did they? Because the no. trailers, like you say, were they were great at pitching it to a broad audience because it had that whole thing about if you hate Barbie, this is the movie for you. If you love Barbie, this is the movie for you. <laughs> but I, I think in terms of the actual story, we were, you know, we didn't know that much going into it. I think. No. And I, I suppose she's got a point that you know a lot, a lot of marketing doesn't capture the attention in that way. They might give you a bit of a sugar rush of you've seen all the big moments, but. She probably is right, isn't she, that marketing does tend to give a lot away and mm. not create the hype perfectly, not create a big um, event feeling like those, those those movies had, Barbie and Oppenheimer. Yeah. And and again, and Nolan is another person who makes sure he's, he, his trailers are very specific, you know, and he didn't do the same as Barbie, obviously, but, you know, he he's somebody who understands the importance of how you market a film and how, how a trailer comes across. And all his films, they never have the conventional trailer setup that you see in almost every other movie you know where, where the trailers are almost like their own their own structure really that you can just copy and paste so i, th- I think where, where films are willing to do that and filmmakers have a bit of influence on that that's great you know because it means it gives a film a certain a, a certain mystery but also that level of enticement that like you mm. say you don't you might not know what you're going into completely. And I think I think audiences are more up for that than studios think they are, genuinely. And I think mm. this year has, has, has made that point a little bit. No, I would tend to agree. And I think you're right as well to highlight. I, I think we have seen a big paradigm change this year with, quote-unquote, the end of the superhero phenomenon. So as, I, as I've always said when this topic comes up, I don't think that superhero fatigue means that no superhero films will ever be big hits again. Absolutely. But I do think we've seen something very significant this year with just the number of them that have underwhelmed and not performed strongly commercially, mm. including, um, you know, the Marvels and including Ant-Man uh, and the Wasp, Quantumania. Yeah. So I think it is a big shift. I think as a phenomenon, it's at the end now. Yeah, and, and you know, in some ways, that's not great news for, like, let's say, exhibitors. You know, cinemas want the big tentpole films to be succeeding to give them a bit of an mm. easier time w- mm. when those films aren't around. But at the same time, nothing lasts forever. And I suppose what I would say is, whenever we've talked about this, you know, and, and it, it does lead to some interesting discussions amongst our uh, podcaster friends and things like that. Mm. It doesn't say anything about the quality of the films, necessarily. It's more about the Mm. interest in them, the level of interest in them. So the Marvels, for example, or some of these other films that came out this year, like Blue Beetle, they might be perfectly good films. I think it's just about where the audience interest is going. You know, um, it might be that the Marvels stacks up perfectly well with Captain Marvel. I haven't seen the Marvels yet, but... Eh, sort of. Yeah, well, you you know what I mean, though? That that earlier film maybe like overperformed because it came out at the right time. Yeah. Whereas yeah. here's a film that came out at the wrong time as it were, when a lot of people have moved on. So, mm. you know, if you're still enjoying these films, fair enough, I think, you know, it's, this is not a judgment on their quality. It's just, we think that the, the phenomenon is um, in, in trouble, basically. I, I also think on this just briefly without going too deep into it, but I also think that part of the reason that they have underperformed is that 
they're now focusing on characters and storylines that most uh, that the majority of people aren't that bothered about. Like, I don't yeah. really think most people give a toss about Aquaman or Captain Marvel or Ant Man. They want to go and see Superman. They want to go and see Batman. I know that's they're not all Marvel, but they want to go and see the Hulk. They want to go and see Spider Man. When those guys are on screen, those films will make yeah. fortunes, absolute fortunes every single time. Because the majority of people, I mean, there'll be a Spider-Man film, a, a Superman film, I think 2025, maybe 2026. That will do brilliantly because everybody knows who Superman is. So I think I think really if, if that phenomenon wants to bounce back a bit, they need to stop focusing on deep dive, you know, Blue Beetle kind of comic book characters who about three people have heard of. And they need to get back to the big hitters, really. And that, yeah. and like you say, that rising tide of box office will, you know, will rise, you know, raise all boats, won't it? So hopefully they can do that, and you know, it will rally a bit. Yeah, I think I think you're right, but I think there'll be a greater focus on tried and tested household names with a long history of success. Mm. So yeah, I think I think you're onto something there. Um, before we move on to 2024, I think lots of great TV this year. I don't know what uh, comes to mind first for you. For me, it would be things like Happy Valley, which we did. Yeah, uh, on the podcast, like right at the start of 2023, didn't we? I think still yeah. remains our highest uh, downloaded episode. <laughs> That's because I I shoved it into a Happy Valley Facebook group. <laughs> Lots of people yeah, listened to it, it. I think where it caught fire in there, absolutely, it did. and um, went viral. <laughs> yeah, and then the other thing, uh, Succession springs to mind, yeah. which I think yeah. was I came to it late, but it was completely gripping, of course, and came to an end uh, in 2023. So. Those are some obvious standouts for me. I think the context, you know, the broader picture, you know, we're in this period, aren't we, where the streamers are struggling. And I think that's something that's going to be very interesting to keep tabs on in 2024. Mm. But um, yeah, what about you? What do you, what do you think are the TV highlights of last year? Well, I definitely agree on Succession. I think that ended brilliantly, actually. I don't really think they could have ended that much better. And there are a few episodes of that season that are potential all-timers the episode where spoilers logan roy dies is just fantastic television and there was one about an american election later in the season um, which i thought was fantastic and the finale is really good as well don't get me wrong and it ends on a beautifully enigmatic note really like a lot of these great hbo dramas do um but that episode about the election was tremendous great season i also had a lot of time for the last of us the the walking dead ish uh video game adaptation i would say that's the best video game adaptation ever put to screen actually that first season of the last of mm. us i thought that was that was excellent and I, i'm really looking forward to another season i also loved the bear as well the second season of the bear um, yeah. you've seen we, we talked we've talked about the bear i think haven't we on this i think we have yeah i've seen the bear yeah, yeah. i agree that was really good as well so good such a great pressure cooker every show but also really sweet and sad just so good yeah it, there's been some great shows colin from accounts and shrinking two really good comedies very very different from each other but i, I really enjoyed them happy valley as you say i mm. love the fraser reboot and we talked about this a few months ago <laughs> but i really enjoyed all of it i have to say and i recapped all of it for film stories week by week um and yes, it's old fashioned and it's obvious and it's not quite as good as the old show. And we're, I'm binging the old show again right now and loving it. Um, but I I would watch that. I would watch that for years again. I just it's great to have him back. Um, so, yeah, some some really, really good TV, you know, and there are there are things that 
that that wouldn't wouldn't make my top 10 that were close to making my top 10 as well you know i think doctor who came back in a good way um you know i enjoyed the last part of the crane which we're going to talk about in the next episode i yes. think a bit more yeah um so there was, there was some good stuff you know and there, there was there was some crap as well like <laughs> um <laughs> don't watch citadel on amazon prime because it's bollocks um, I'm sure you said you quite like Citadel when we, we were talking about art on the show. I did. The first episode I did, and then it plummets off a cliff, and it starts trying to advertise right. the clothes they're wearing, and I can't be asked with all that. Um, so yeah, there's, there's some rubbish. But yeah, overall, really good. And, and really good year. And the one that I haven't seen that everyone is saying is just fantastic is Slow Horses Season 3. I've seen the first yes. two seasons. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. But uh, I really must get on that soon because everyone's saying that's brilliant. I'm, I've just started watching one that was apparently one of Netflix's most watched things of last year, which was The Night Agent, which... Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm a couple of episodes in, and it's quite fun so far. It's a bit more in the sort of 24 kind of network TV style, you know, gripping drama style mold. So, mm. you know, I think I think I'll, I'll finish that, and hopefully it'll uh, maintain its good start. Yeah, nice one. Um, there's also been some weird TV moments this year, Tony. I mean, you sent me a thread <laughs> on, on X... Which I can't remember who posted it. You might be able to remind us, but um, it just compiled basically a lot of the weirdest TV viral moments from the year. And it started off actually on New Year's Eve 2022 with a walrus that washed up on <laughs> on, on the uh, the waterfront in Scarborough and started masturbating. And I, I, obviously, yeah. <laughs> and you know, and obviously onlookers were filming it and shouting like "Go on, King" and all that kind of stuff. But then the thread had you know all the things <laughs> that have had us laughing over the year. You know, Angela Bassett did the thing. From oh my the, god, uh, the Baftas, which was um, Ariana DeBose's like cringy oh. kind of rapper. You know, um, Hugh Grant's Oscars interview where he was completely <laughs> uninterested in the kind of vacuous uh, questioning from the woman. And, who and, was, and when he mentioned know, Vanity Fair, the woman interviewing him thought he was talking about the the, the magazine. The, <laughs> Website, yeah, and their party they were throwing. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. he was making a point about you know he's comparing it to the novel. Yeah, so funny. Um, what so what jumped out to you, Tony, from that list of weird moments? Was anything else? Yeah, this was uh, from Stephen um, Bonaventure uh, on the eighteenth of December. If anyone wants to go and hunt this on X, because it is quite funny. I think, uh, and again, like I say, we're going to talk some royal stuff next time. But I think um, the the clip of Prince Harry's. Uh, autobiography where he's talking about um, treating his frostbitten penis with his mother's lip cream. (laughs) (laughs) I remember going, oh my God. Um, That was a good one. Uh, You've picked a couple of the ones I would would have picked, to be fair. I thought, I I get a lot of mirth out of Holly Willoughby's overzealous, you know. um, Are you okay? Yeah. Are you okay? (laughs) I hope so. Like, because that, I remember that just... uh, Everyone on Twitter was just taking the piss, going, "Are you okay?" And it was just pictures, of random stuff. Um, so yeah, just just some fantastic stuff. I th- I think as well the um, 
the BBC news presenter Marion Moshiri and her um her mm. countdown that ends with her looking like she's giving the middle finger <laughs> then she quickly stops. I'm sure people have seen that. I think it was actually that she was she was mocking the the you know the countdown of the BBC news to someone yeah. behind the camera. Yeah. But it looks like she's just giving someone the finger and then she straightens up as the ca- I love I love it when news reporters get caught doing things weird or one of my favorites. <laughs> I don't think it was I don't think it was from this year or maybe it was or it was the last year but i don't know if you saw this clip but it was of a, like a regional news presenter who's finishing her bit and she turns to camera and she says and we'll see you tomorrow good boy instead of goodbye <laughs> <laughs> i didn't see that no. oh it's glorious it's glorious good boy um so yeah uh there's that yeah great thread very funny there's some random yeah. shit when you look through that thread you realize the world is so random. And one of the great things about social media <laughs> is that it actually picks up all of these things that back in the day people just wouldn't have noticed. So actually, that's one good thing about things like X because you just get all this great madness come through. The only other one I wanted to mention, and this was maybe in the category of maybe we'd have found a way to talk about this if it had happened yeah. uh, you know, before our little break, was um, Cliff Richard was interviewed <laughs> on, <laughs> on this morning and he was asked about why... You know, meeting Elvis Presley, and this was obviously back in the seventies, and he turned down Elvis for a photo because he thought Elvis was too overweight at the time, and he thought, <laughs> if I'm going to have a picture on my refrigerator of Elvis, he needs to look good, which is it's kind of a cringy thing to say anyway. Yeah. But he was sat there with, um, you know, Alison Hammond was there as well, who was mm. I don't know how to put it. She's not underweight, put it that way. Yeah, she's a big a bigger lady. Let's put it that way. Yeah, 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 and she looks good. You know, she looks good to be fair. She does. And she she very much owns it as well, which is fantastic, you know. And she she just came out. She she sort of what did she say? She said something like she sort of called him a little bit on it, didn't she? In, in a nice way, she kind of um, you know it was funny. It yeah. was funny. No, it, it just the, like you say the the fact that Cliff is probably old old and uh, old to the point now that he doesn't realise how offensive he's been <laughs> by saying I'm not having a picture with fat Elvis. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's really funny yeah and um anyway so that's some weird moments from 2023 and a bit of a general look back let's have a bit of a look forward uh, before we go so films in 2024 so i always really enjoy this early part of the year tony because we seem to get the 2023 kind of award season stuff a bit late don't we but what it means is you get to january february and you get some decent stuff so i'm, I'm about to go and see priscilla you know, we haven't mm. had poor things yet over here, but Yorgos Lanthimos film. Um, the Holdovers, the Alexander Payne yeah. film, which apparently is a new Christmas classic, but we're not getting it until January, you know. Yeah, typical. Yeah, and even stuff like The Colour Purple or The Zone of Interest. You know, I think we're like in the next couple mm. of months we'll have a lot of great stuff. But um, what, what what's really on the radar for you in terms of 2024 film releases? Yeah, all of those you've mentioned. I really like The Holdovers trailer and how it ends. Have you seen the trailer for it? where it ends yes. on like a freeze frame of Paul Giamatti's sort of shocked face. And then it's a very old fashioned sort of trailer, which is quite, cause it's tapping into that set. It even films, it even film like a seventies movie, isn't it? Which is great. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to that. The zone of interest. I mean, I think that's going to potentially be an all time great. That one as, as harrowing as it probably is going to be just fascinating though. I've been reading about it, you know, in various places. I'm sure you have. It sounds weird that I, I don't mean, when I say I'm looking forward to it, I mean that in a the subject matter's horrible, but I'm looking forward to the movie. Do you get what I mean? Like Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 
so yeah, there's just beyond that. There's there's it's a funny it's a funny thing because it feels like a bit of a blend of like populist and a bit more art house, maybe the wrong word, but you know more eclectic again really this year because there's way there is way fewer comic book stuff this year for one thing which is which is a good thing i think and there's some really diverse and interesting stuff you know i'm really looking forward to june part two because i think that's going to be just mammoth in scope really and that 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 could be great um i'm looking i am looking forward to the next m night Shyamalan actually which is called trap apparently it's set in like a i think it's set in like a uh, like an event or something. I don't. There's very scant plot details, but you know his last one was pretty good, so I'm quite looking forward to that. Um, there's another Paddington film, Carl. Oh my mm-hmm. god! Like I love Paddington too. That particularly, that was beautiful. So I'm looking forward to that. And like I can't wait for Robert Eggers's Nosferatu as well. I think I think that's next December. That's coming out. I think that's going to be fantastic, to be honest, because he, he's he's clearly like someone who's uh, loves that movie. So I'm really interested to see what he's going to do there. So yeah, it feels like there's quite a good balance of, yeah, plenty of franchise stuff, but then plenty of interesting non-franchise, quite curated auteur film. There's a lot of interesting filmmakers making movies this year. George Miller, Bong Joon-ho, you know, Ridley Scott with Gladiator 2 as well, which will be fascinating. You know, Alex Garland. There's, so there's some, some really interesting filmmakers making movies this year, I think. I think you're right. And I, I did, you know, I scrolled down an article listing a lot of these films the other day and it did seem to me like there were a lot of sequels but then some of them i'm really looking forward to like you say the paddington in peru uh, should be a lot of fun mm. and mm. i don't know just this is, just seemed like quite a sequel heavy year in a lot of ways but there is a lot of fascinating stuff coming out too in addition to some of the ones you've mentioned there are a couple of music biopics that i think will be worth a look there's one about bob marley coming out in a month or two. Oh yeah there's a uh, one about amy winehouse which could be really good yeah. if it's done well back to black yeah. Um, well, I mean, I'm curious to see what 2024's version of Barbenheimer is, in the sense that is there going to be something that is going to take the world by storm that we're not really anticipating doing mm. that yet? Because I think if you went back 12 months and listened to our episode like this last year, I think we did note that Barbie and Oppenheimer were coming out on the same day, and that was interesting, and there's a big contrast between them. I don't think we thought at that point they were going to be such big mega hits. And I'm just wondering if there's something like that this year. Maybe not to the same extent, but something that's going to be punching above its weight. Let's put it that way. Well, I'll I'll call it now. It's going to be Beverly Hills Cop 4. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> um, but, yeah. um, but no, the thing is though, we, yeah, we were already talking about Barbie and Oppenheimer early on in the year. And, and yeah, it wasn't, we couldn't predict exactly what was going to happen, but there was a little bit of buzz about those already building and i don't really think there is anything quite equivalent right now there's a lot of films that are interesting people you know but i don't really think there's anything standing out that's that feels like it could grow into a bit of a pop culture moment but it's early days i mean in in Mm. theory i would have thought something like furiosa the mad max prequel could do that but I don't, I, because how popular that Mad Max Fury Road was. But then I don't think that's going to be the case with that, because I think it will probably be a bit too niche in its own way, you know? So, yeah. I don't know. It, we, we probably won't know. Maybe it'll be Argyle, you know, that, that mad new spy film from Matthew Vaughan, which <laughs> which has got rumours that Taylor Swift wrote the book <laughs> that it's based on and all this madness. Um, I yeah. don't know. We'll see. 
wouldn't it be lovely if the big breakout hit was Francis Ford Coppola's Megalopolis, oh, which I think we're yeah. anticipating getting this year. I don't think it will, but I'm I'm looking no. forward to that because it's this kind of dream yeah. project he's been wanting to do for a long time, and he's you know financed a lot of it himself. And you know, wouldn't it be lovely if he comes out at this stage of his career with something that is somewhere near as good as his 70s heyday. You know, we can live in hope until we see the final film, can't we? But let's wait and see. That'd be brilliant. I mean, you know, Adam Driver's talking it up, isn't he? I mean, he's he's bound to because he's in the film, but like, yeah, yeah, a few people are talking it up. So fingers crossed. Yeah. Final film question for you. Will we get a new James Bond this year? As in, will the actor be announced? I think we didn't really get any new Bond news, did we, last year in terms of the film franchise? No. Do we think this year? Maybe. I saw that Aaron Taylor Johnson was holiday holidaying in um, Goldeneye in Jamaica apparently recently. Oh, so was he really? The rumor yeah, mill he's... might be getting yeah. The rumor the rumor mill's getting underway there. But what do you reckon? Well, he's definitely a front runner, isn't he? Apparently, they're saying he's one of the front runners. I think. Um, I think it's possible. You know, we might get him unveiled towards the end of this year. Really, with with because mm. I I don't think really they're going to start filming the new one till at the very least the end of next year twenty five for a 2026 release. I think I think that's the the most likely outcome to be honest. But if they're going to film it in 2025, they've kind of probably got to get announcing who he's going to be a good 6 months to a year beforehand, I think. So yeah, I think it's possible. I definitely think they they they're probably now in the process of trying to figure this out this year, you know. And because there's been a, there's yeah. been enough I think clear blue water now between Daniel Craig and this and you know the expectation that they could probably do it i hope so but i mean mm. I, I i have no idea who it's gonna end up being because i think there's so many possibilities so many roads they could take it's just who knows and there's always the likelihood i think that it's going to be somebody who we're not quite talking about just yet which which has happened before so we'll see mm. yeah um in terms of tv one of the ones I'm really looking forward to is coming very soon, which is the new season of True Detective with oh, Jodie yeah. Foster now in a lead mm. role, which has had exceptional reviews uh, in recent days. Uh, I'm looking forward to that. There's a series coming uh, on Netflix, Ripley, uh, Patricia Highsmith's character, Tom Ripley, played by Andrew Scott this time. Yeah, I'm looking good. forward to that. And just to fast forward to the very end of the year, I think we're expecting a new Wallace and Gromit um, oh, next Christmas. Oh, no I way. believe we are, according That's to a BBC good. article I saw the other day. So that's obviously going to be a big standout. But yeah. uh, what else is on the radar for you, Tony, on on the small screen? Well, you know, much as I um, I'm dubious about all the Marvel stuff, I am actually quite looking forward to Echo, the uh, the the new TV show that's come in soon, which is because Echo is a really really interesting character from uh, Daredevil comic lore, and she comes she comes into it with some fantastic storylines in Daredevil comics, which I have read that I hope they adapt. And they're talking about that being a bit more streetwise and earthy and stuff. So, you know, given the state of all that right now, they can't do much worse. So I'm really hoping that's going to be quite good. I'm looking forward to, hopefully, a new season of Severance, which they reckon might mm-hmm. be out this year on Apple TV. Which The first season of that was an absolute masterpiece for me. So I can't wait for that. I'm really up for Doctor Who and the new season of that because I think it's really in a bit of a purple patch right now in terms of excitement and what they're doing with it and everything. It's big, silly fun, which I think in the spring and summer is just going to be lovely. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm actually, I'm actually for the first time in a long time, looking forward to a new season of a Star Trek show as well, <laughs> with um, Strange New World <laughs> Season 3, because yeah. the second season of that I really enjoyed in the main. And, you know, 
I uh, I can't wait to see the back of Star Trek Discovery because it's a bunch of shit and it always has been. But Strange New Worlds, <laughs> Strange New Worlds, I'm well up for that. So yeah, there's there's a bunch of stuff. There's a bunch of stuff. I th- I think I'm skewing a bit more um, franchisey actually with TV. I won't lie than you are. But the the ones you've mentioned are really interesting. But um, uh, yeah, I th- I think I think it'll be an interesting year. But as with everything, it's just there's just going to be way too much to catch it all, really. Like like every year, yeah. I've still got a bunch of stuff from last year that I haven't finished yet. And I hope there aren't any really interesting series released in like June, July, because realistically, we're probably going to be glued to the European Championships, aren't we? Yeah. So, hundred percent. Could football be coming home in 2024? I, as I understand it, England are one of the big favourites. So you sort of think if Gareth Southgate is probably going to be the last tournament, you know, it would be so mm. nice if he could round it off with a trophy, but. What do you reckon? I think now it's now is the time, really. I think we've got the best chance we've probably ever had, like in in many 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 decades, to actually win a trophy here. I think the only real, in terms of quality of squad, the only real challenge is France. I think properly. Mm. I think we're better than every other team, probably except France. So in 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 th- it, it would be really if it was all equal it would be an england france final but it probably won't work out like that um yeah i'm i think i think it could it could be coming home i mean it'd be better if it was a world cup but (laughs) and there's a chance you know there's still a chance that squad could do that in 2026 you know in uh in north america but yeah i i can't wait for the euros i have to say i've had i've had i I am having such a fun season getting back into football this year i have to say i'm really loving it right now so yeah, yeah bring it on bring it on we're gonna do it Okay, so prediction there. Football definitely coming home. We're saying in 2024, almost certainly. <laughs> we will revisit perhaps, in June perhaps. or July. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we'll have to, because we did a World Cup episode, so we should follow it up with definitely. the Euros uh, extravaganza. We will. Um, the final thing I wanted to look forward to on this episode is somewhat media-related, but more politics-related, <laughs> which is that almost certainly we are going to have a general election in the UK in 2024. Mm. Uh, the Prime Minister has signalled that, well, what he said was his working assumption is that it would be in the second half of the year, which is kind of an odd way to phrase it because like, he's the one who controls when it's going to be. So, you know, a working mm. assumption is what we could have looking from the outside, looking in. But anyway, so probably in the second half of the year. Are we looking forward to it? And I don't mean, you know, I think we're both looking forward to what we expect the outcome to be because we're mm. expecting the Conservatives to be ushered out of office after a long period. What about the process? Are we looking forward to all of that, the campaign, the debates? I kind of am, because I think it's always interesting to see these people out under the microscope, you know, under the scrutiny of a campaign trail. Um, It's very different, of course, over here, where the formal campaign is only a few weeks, whereas the US election, which um, is uh, potentially shaping up to be a harmonious celebration of democracy in 2024, (laughs) he said... uh, (laughs) In a deadpan fashion. Um, it's different to the US where they're on the campaign trail but what, you know, for what seems like forever. Uh, over here, it's relatively contained. But of course, mm. everything's moving towards that now. Are you looking forward to it, Tony? Like I say, not just what we think the result's going to be, but everything that comes with it. What do you think? I, 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 don't, I don't honestly know, really. I think part of me feels like it's going to be quite exhausting. But on the other side, I think it's going to be quite fascinating. You know, Whether or not the Tories get absolutely thumped, which I still think they will... I think yeah. it, what will be interesting is to see how how the media shape this one because I think it's going to be very hard for the right wing press to do what they normally do and try and paint the narrative that Labour we're going to be worse off with Labour because 
it's patently not true anymore. Like, even if it was ever true in the, be- in the beginning, it's just so obvious that this country is broken in so many ways, and it's because of these people running it. So I- I'm going to be fascinated to see how that happens. It's going to be interesting to see with what's going to be happening with people on the fringes, like Nigel Farage and all of these little pockets of you know groups and the so-called five families of the tories which is fucking stupid but (laughs) like these little pots of mad people in little sects within this fractured tory party you know so it'll be it'll be fascinating i think from that perspective really and exhausting and it will be really interesting to see when this happens as well because there's so much debate about that right now and whether or not it'll happen before or after the american election however that pans out I mean, I, th- I mean, I think everyone's a bit terrified that there's going to be a, a new Trump presidency, but I don't necessarily think that's in the bag for him at all, even if he gets on the ticket. So I think that could go either way, I think, to be honest. Whereas in our case, I think it's definitely going to be a Labour win. It's just a case of how, what's the journey to that going to look like, really? Mm. And then also, what are they going to inherit? You know, if, if how much of the Tories going to trash everything this year, even more so, <laughs> so Keir Starmer and his government get an absolute headache next year, you know, to face. Mm. So yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be really interesting. It is. And, you know, there are going to be factors in this election, like the use of deep fakes, like the yeah. way AI is going to factor into it. Which does mean I think it's going to be fascinating and potentially something that we come back to on the show because there will be certain certain media debates and discourses that spring up around it. Yeah, we'll return to all these things in the fullness of time. Tony, is there anything else you wanted to point towards for 2024 or should we wrap it up and, you know, head towards our next next recording? I think we should just get into this year, really, I I think, and, uh, Mm -hmm. and, and, and chart a course. Yeah, so let's do it. Great stuff. All right. Well, thanks, everybody. If you've listened to our uh, this episode, our 2023 recap and 2024 preview, we will be back with a more regular episode very, very soon. So like I said, thanks for joining us and we'll speak to you uh, very shortly. So bye now. Bye, guys. Happy New Year.